0: Hello and welcome to another episode of How to Rock Virtual Engagements. My name is Alistair Davis and today we have a guest all the way from London or the UK, Anthony Asbury. is a former city worker who spent 20 years on broking and trading floors before leaving to find a life more fulfilled. He started down a journey of personal development, spent time in London, Miami and Tenerife, learning from Tony Robbins, and he's retrained as a lifestyle coach. And in 2018, he co-founded the Whole Man Academy, and he's now the CEO of that initiative, which encourages guys to get together and talk. A fun fact, he can juggle. Welcome, Anthony. you welcome, and good intro, thank you very much.
1: <laughs> juggle, how many things can you juggle? At one time, uh, in my in my life, I feel like I'm juggling about 500 things at the moment. But uh, I'm I'm up to five if it's just juggling uh, juggling balls. I'm moving on to skittles when uh, when life returns to normal. Okay, all right.
0: And uh, are you do you have any aspirations of being a carny one day, a circus person?
1: No, I, I think uh, I think life as as it is we know it over here is enough of a circus at the moment without me adding to it really.
0: <laughs> okay, I, I've always tried to juggle. I can only do two. So five—that's that's pretty impressive. Good hand-eye coordination, I I'm guess. Get,
1: yeah, I'm getting there. It's um, it's one of those things that it's very hard to teach someone else. It is just about practice. Bit like bit like a lot of things in life.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, in your pre-interview questions, you you said to me that one thing you do in the, every morning is move, breathe, move, breathe, think, and drink. What is that about?
1: That's right. I mean, it's it's something we're trying to instill into the, the guys that are part of our whole man academy movement as well. But certainly, as I started to get into personal development and understand more, for me, it was about what are the people that are very successful doing that you can easily replicate to create a, a, an easy win for yourself. And one yeah. of the big things was about how to start your day, um, let's say, in a, in a positive manner, and the key there is actually finding what works for you. Um, I spoke mm-hmm. on a, on a podcast recently about the the fact that, of course, people can get a bit too bogged down with trying to do you know several things at once, or even five or six things. Whereas actually saying, do you know what? If you can pick a couple of things that are just quick to do in the morning, but mean you start the day off in the right mindset, then yep. it hopefully can have a you know it will have a reflection on your ability to have a, um, a productive day and a successful day and maybe a happy day, um, you know, for, for weeks and months to come.
0: Yeah. So, so of the move part, I guess, is that some kind of a exercise, any exercise? That's right. Yeah. No.
1: I'll, yeah. I'll happily take you through it. I mean, the, the, you can do them in any order, but um, it, it sounds nicely when you say move, breathe, think and drink, but the move for, for me um, is actually encouraging them to do any kind of exercise I mean for some people it 's yoga for some people it 's swimming for some it 's gym for some it 's running, but it 's just doing anything and The important thing is that some people it depends whether they 've got kids or whether they 've got a very early start they might not be able to get to you know, get out of the house to actually do something, but you know there 's no excuse for not being able to do some kind of, you know, even it's body weight exercises or a, a, a 10 minute or a five minute or a two minute yoga um, exercise that you can pull up on YouTube. And as yeah. we know that just, it just helps you get the blood flowing. Um, so that would be the, the move part. And again, it's, it's for some people hate the gym. I love the gym and I'm lucky I've got a gym at home. So I haven't got any, um, you know, commute and, and all the, the prep work that goes with it. But yeah, mm. that's, that's one of the, important things. the the breathe part, of course, I mean, we all know, to state the obvious, it's important to breathe, um, but there's, there's so much good evidence around the importance of, at any point, is breathing properly and breathing deeply as opposed to deep, deep, um, a kind yeah. of shallow breathing where, where we're just using the, you know, the upper upper part of the lungs, which you probably know some about with the, with the kind of voice coaching and helping people. Yeah, um, yeah what we try and explain is not to get too bogged down with, you know, should I breathe in out of the left nostril out of the right nostril for three, eight, 12 seconds. It's say, do you know what, you know, if you want to go down that rabbit hole of learning more about breathing, then that's great. But even if you just simply stood and took, you know, 20 long, slow, deep breaths, um, first thing in the morning, uh, ideally outside, you know, that will channel a bit of energy into you and just give you that time to clear your mind a little bit.
0: Yeah, I can I can concur. I, I don't know if you've heard about Kriya breathing. Yes. Uh, so I did a course called The Art of Happiness. And one of the things that they teach you is this Kriya breathing. And I must admit, I got into a, a habit of doing it. And then something happened. I think I went away on holiday and I stopped the habit. But mm-hmm. wow, it was the only way to describe it. No, I can't use that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> you can. It was... It, it, it is like your home. I used to call it my home high kit because okay, yeah. if you did it in the morning, when you woke up before you, before you drank anything and you did this clear breathing, my, my God, you were so energized. you were so awake and you were just like, right, let's get this day going. So, yeah. and then, and then I tried Vim Hof. I don't know if you know his breathing technique. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The ice man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like, for for people listening to this podcast, I can like really recommend uh, breathing. So so thanks for thanks for sharing that. And and you mentioned that you you teach your guys at the Whole Man Academy. What what is the Whole Man Academy?
1: That's right. I mean it's um, it's something to say. I know you you said in your intro, but it it's um, something about myself and my friend Matthew Shaw, who he's the um, BBC uh, news editor. He edits the the news at uh, off the news at six and news at ten. And okay. he, in a, a year or two before that, actually had a, um, a long sabbatical from the BBC to go off um, to the University of Michigan to write um, some papers and take a course on mental health. And yep. that was primarily for um, t- to encourage the newsrooms to take a better look at people's mental health. What yep. happened when we got together, he'd seen that I'd written some, some stuff online about Men and Mindset. We had a, a mildly drunken lunch over some gin and tonics, which was um, purely, purely medicinal. And <laughs> we, we came up with that idea of, I think the important thing for most people, if you were starting a business or starting something is what is the problem you were trying to solve? Yeah. And for, for many of us men, we realized that most of us men don't actually find spaces to get together to talk. Uh, apart from often it will be at work with your colleagues at a sports event with your football team and yeah. maybe down the pub. But that's usually kind of, I was going to say high level talk is actually, usually we talk a lot of rubbish, but what I mean is yeah. you're, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on the, it's on the crust of the, of, of, of you as a man. And we said, you know, we know that the, the statistics are really, really shocking for um, not just suicides generally, but for, for, for men kind of between your twenties and forties, it's It's one of the biggest killers, and we said, you know what if we we're not trying to solve the mental health crisis in in the respect of the um, the medical side of it, but what would it what reaction would it be if we encouraged guys to actually just get together and talk
0: mm. yeah yeah so talking i mean I can again, I believe in that uh, I've been for therapy myself uh, you know at the moment i'm going through a bit of a but a few personal problems myself and uh you know definitely talking just it just you feel so much better but you know nowadays right now we we're, we're doing this podcast during covid-19 or the coronavirus how do you think this isolation the self isolation has affected people's health have you seen an uptick from your members or from people asking for help how have you have you seen that impact right.
1: I think the impact will only be there's a short term, the long, long term impact to that. And it's and and I could give you a very long answer. I think on the on the mental side of it, you've got two. here's two examples of people that um, that may be finding it difficult. You might have a parent. So let's take myself, for example. But you might have a parent who is either at home on their own or with their partner, but they've got their children at home the whole time. And those children would usually be going to either school or nursery. Yeah. So yep. let's just, everybody's of course got their own issues, but let's just focus on some, you take the mums who are now looking after the kids. Maybe those mums are also trying to work from home, but what mm. they're not getting is any break from looking after the children. Now, yeah, I possibly only those that have had little children can understand that it is very taxing. I mean, you know, if you've got <laughs> yeah. one, it's taxing. If you've got two and they're running around and they want feeding and they've got poopy bums and you're dealing with, and you, what yeah, it means is you don't get a break from them. And so in fact, they don't get, they don't get the benefit of actually getting any time in solitude on their own. Mm. Mm. But then on the flip side I have friends who live in London who live in an apartment who live on their own, who are, are only at home because their work is space is closed down. And of course they say they're not getting to feel touch or really see anybody apart from on a digital screen for for maybe two or three months. So there's, there's, there's issues on both sides and both sides could do with a bit of what the other one has got. Yeah. So Let's
0: just assume. Yeah. I mean, I concur. Uh, I haven't, yeah, I've been at home for over three weeks now and I've, I haven't been out. I mean, I've taken my dog out, but that's it. I haven't, I'm locked down with my, my partner, my three-year-old son and my mother-in-law. So it's, uh, it's going great. <laughs> we're like an old Italian, <laughs> we're like an old Italian house yeah. where the mother-in-law is permanently there. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's getting a bit frayed but let's so let's let's uh, let's play this forward a bit because I think when this lockdown ends people are also not going to be that sociable they're not going to go out to the pub and, and go to the football matches I know that you like football but I mean do you think you're going go yeah. to go f- to the football stadium when lockdown ends
1: well it's an interim. I, I I can't Although I love football, I never get to go to football because usually I'm working on Saturdays these days. But it's a good question because, again, you can look at different, let's say, um, different sections of society. One to consider is actually the children. You know, for all of us, we can jump on podcasts, we can consume a lot of content to feel Mm. like you are seeing other people. But yeah. if, you're, if you've got, let's say, a baby, they are not going to have been held by anybody for, apart from their parents for maybe three months. Uh, a yeah. child, good example, ours, won't have seen any friends or anybody else in the world apart from his parents for three months. And I think as you go through, then you look at the older generation who, um, and this, this will sound really weird, but you'll understand what I mean. My, my, my nan, who um, thankfully, she passed away last year. And it was very painful at the time. And she, and she passed away from complications with um, Alzheimer's, which is a, a very, very yes. cruel disease. But, yes. but now I look and think, thank God it happened then. And not if she was in a care home and you firstly, or in a, in a house on her own, she wouldn't be able to see anyone for the fear of you know, passing this on. And yeah. secondly, if she was ill, you wouldn't be able to care for her or be by her side. So yeah. you've got a lot of knock-on effects of this. Um, if you go back to the social one, which you, you picked rightly up on, I think it will go two ways. You'll have some people that would are desperate to get out and get to the pub or get to nightclubs or get, especially if they're single <laughs> and yeah, get out. Yeah, with exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was gonna say a member of the, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, be it opposite sex or same sex, doesn't matter. They'll be out kind of looking for, for a bit of fun, which is totally understandable. Then I think you'll have the people who maybe have, um, have, felt maybe suffer from some social anxiety anyway, who after being made to stay at home for three months, suddenly the thought of going out scares the shit out of you.
0: Yeah. So as a coach, as a a man coach and a general life coach, how do you think, and I, I guess you are doing your coaching now virtually over zoom or whatever platform you, you, you think of what, what has worked yeah. for you to build connection? Because obviously I think this is going to be for many more months where people are not going to be able to do the things that they used to. Things are going to be changed forever, especially in the short term, in the immediate aftermath when lockdown ends. How do you get a better connection with your clients, with your friends? What, what ninja tips can you share with the listeners over, over technology?
1: it's it's a good question i think you, it takes me back to when i worked in the city although you went to meet some of your clients you spent most of the time on some kind of technological let's say let, most of it was on either the phone or a lot of it was actually yahoo messenger yeah so you you didn't even have the luxury of zoom where you can actually read and look at body language to to kind of understand you know what what state that person is in, what mind, mindset and, um, you know, frame of mind. So for me, it was very much about trying to understand what issues that, you know, what, what are the shoes, or how, no, let's rephrase it. How could you walk in the shoes of that person for a while and try on their life and understand what the issues they have now from a, when it was a corporate background, you would, it would be dependent on the man himself, what bank he worked for. Did he have children? you know, was he single and going out and getting drunk of a night? And you could start to understand a little bit of what this guy must be dealing with. When you're, mm. when you're now talking about coaching, I think trying to get some, not, it doesn't have to be hugely in-depth background info, but just asking some fairly bog standard, but, but questions about that person, what their challenges have been and just taking a little bit of time to really try to appreciate like why, why they're, interested in coaching and kind of, you know, what their experiences have been before.
0: Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point you make there because yesterday I interviewed an ex-colleague of mine. He's a really, a cerebral thinker. Yeah. And he's a Scottish guy named Robert the Bruce. Well, he's not called Robert the Bruce. I used to call him that, but his name is Rob Bruce. And uh, he's now on a sabbatical living in the Scottish Highlands with his wife. And we spoke about virtual discovery. In other words, when you, in in the sense of business. So when you try and get a new client, how do you do that virtually in a, in a very effective way? And he talked about the muscle of curiosity. He says that you have to be super curious and empathetic more so than if you are seeing this person face to face. So like right now, we can't see each other because we switched off our webcams because of um, connectivity issues. But like we have to be super curious about the other person and really dial up that empathy and, and, and work those those soft, touchy-feely aspects of our psyche that maybe are we haven't used before or underdeveloped. Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I, I totally agree. I think that's, it, it kind of leads on to you know, if you've got a zoom call or it doesn't really matter whether you're using zoom or Skype or FaceTime or WhatsApp messenger, I mean, it's all, you know, it's a video call, but in a way you become a better coach. Or I think if you actually switch the video off because you really have to listen, Yes, as we know, you know, it's, there's listening and there's actually hearing. Um, Yes. And I, I just think that's, that's one of those things. And I, I'll happily admit, I think when I was younger, maybe a lot of younger guys, but I didn't listen to what people said. I, I heard what I needed to hear and I jumped yeah. into the conversation before they'd finished. I'd already, I'd finished people's sentences because I, that's just how I was. And I was eager to, to jump in. Now I know that sometimes it's okay with some silence and it can be an uncomfortable. Comfortable silence, but sometimes that's where the little bits of magic happen. Where you speak to someone and they give you an answer, and you, you know, you may just challenge them on it. And we're so desperate to usually fill the space with some kind of dialogue that actually saying, "I'm just going to hold off for like three or four seconds." It can sound like it can seem like a long time.
0: Yeah, Uh, this call is about you, but I just want to say that that's what I teach. Yeah, I I teach that in terms of vocal coaching you know how to be uh, an impactful speaker one of the things you need to do is breathe a lot more but when you are asked a question take a breath pause beat before answering and secondly si- enjoy the silence i like the pesh mode and mm-hmm. that song enjoy the silence words like violence break the silence come crashing into my oh. little world and that is like we have to be comfortable with silence, and I think you you're a big believer of that. You also I asked you what what one ninja tip can you think of can make a person better communicator, and you said take a big deep breath before you start talking. <laughs> so we're on the same
1: page, Anthony. Well, do you know what? And I and I think it's one of those things that I I hadn't learned that I, I wish I had have learned that when I was younger. But um, you know, none of us were born enlightened. But I think that what that tip can do, it's its eye-wateringly simple, as I call it. But guess what? That can not just improve your um, engagements for your career and for your Zoom calls with clients, but it can improve, you know, for me, my podcast, but also your relationships at home and with your children. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, I, think, I think for all of us, um, we're bombarded with... Um, what's the word we're bombarded with information. And as we said, dialogue and technology and all these things coming at us that um, I spoke on a podcast that I, I was hosting, but on the whole Man Academy podcast, but with a chap a couple of days ago, and he spoke about the importance of being okay in solitude. And mm. the, the, the fact that we know it's so hard to just maybe switch your phone off and be okay with silence.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if you think about silence and pauses, that's like you said, that's where the magic happens. That's where the magic happens. Let it, let the silence ring out. Let, m- enjoy that uncomfortable moment because that's where shit's going down in the person's head or in your head and you're taking a moment to think and really take in and on board what they've just said. Yeah, And I like your point about switching the video off and then really listening. That's that, that Mm -hmm. to me makes a lot of sense because in my, my opinion, you know, the voice is where the emotion comes through and you can, you can pick up those little micro variations of, of emotion when people speak.
1: Well, I wonder whether, um, I don't know about yourself, but I wear, um, I wear glasses or I wear my contact lenses. And yep. it's very funny because if, um, again, it's very hard to explain to someone that has n- never worn glasses, what it's like, I mean, I'm not like completely blind, but I'm, I'm short sighted. So I could sit and read my computer screen without my glasses, but you know, anything more than about, I don't know, six feet or a, a meter and a half away. And I'm it, it blurred. But I often find that if I've like just got out of the shower, or I'm just getting changed and I've taken my glasses off. If my partner is talking to me, I can't understand her. Because I've lost one of my you know, senses, which I use so much to decipher you know, what's being communicated. And I'll have yeah. to say, just, just hold on a minute. Let me just put my glasses on. It seems ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's not that I'm switching my ears back on. But it just shows you that, you know, we, we're using our eyes and our ears and putting that together. And when you have one of those taken away from you, your body struggles to recalibrate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting, interesting. So, do you do any face-to-face coaching, or is it all virtual?
1: I do, yes, uh, and I'm lucky um, where I live that I have one or two clients who. I mean, that's that's sometimes the beauty of if you're doing life coaching. We go to a, a lovely hotel, which is not too far from me. Sit in a in a very comfy chair. I mean, in the winter, it's by the fire. In the summer, we actually actually sit out in the garden on deck chairs and do the coaching there. So it's, I think it's nice if you can to have a mixture. Now, of course, if you've got clients and I've, I've, you know, even when I first started coaching, you might speak to someone that was in, um, I'm picking a random country here, but you know, maybe Dubai or somewhere where obviously you're not going to be able to face to face um, at, at any point. So it enables you to be able to cover people around the world, not just in your local area, but it is actually very nice to get out of your um, house or wherever you're working and go to somewhere different. And I think it just keeps you sharp in your coaching because you, you're not just sitting looking at a screen, but you're out face to face with that person. And it, I just think it's, yeah. if you could choose, you'd always do face to face. Cause I just think it's like any meeting it's, there's there's energy there where sometimes you struggle so much when it's on, on a, you know on a, on a zoom call where the jump yeah. might be ah, ah, oh, ah, ah, like that
0: <laughs> yeah 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 and so you obviously enjoy this uh new profession of yours that you found what what made you decide to become a lifestyle coach what happened
1: um what happened i Uh, As we said, I'd worked in a city from when I was 18 uh, and for nearly 20 years. And for for probably 70% of that, I enjoyed it. And in the last few years, several things were happening. One, I I got sick of the entertaining, which meant you had to take clients away. And and this is going to sound like you're going to get a tiny violin out and say, oh, poor you. But you'd have to go skiing for the weekend. You'd have to go to Ibiza. Um, and you know, I could paint that picture as it was great fun because it was for a lot of it, but it, you, you know, you're not going away with your friends, you're going yeah. away with clients. So it's up to you to make sure they have a good time, whether you have a good time, or that doesn't matter. If you're in a yeah. nightclub till three in the morning and you're knackered and you want to go to bed and they don't bad luck, you're not going to bed. Um, you have yeah. to pick up the pieces if they act like an idiot and, you know, upset someone and you have to pay for everything. And when you finish, you go straight back to work without any rest time. So yeah. it was great in my 20s. Um, in my 30s, it started to wear a bit thin. And actually working in the city can be quite a toxic environment. I and mean, You are obviously judged purely on how much money you make. So yeah. on a Monday, you might make loads of money and you think you're the big man and you know, everything's good in the world. next day your clients decide they're going to use someone else because they gave you so much money yesterday but suddenly you've earned zero today so now you're 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 down and you feel like you know like absolutely rubbish and then the next day you're back up so it was such a a roller coaster ride that after a while you you just get a bit kind of you know of bored of one day everything's great and the next day everything's terrible and and then actually i've used this term before but Podcasts, um, I would say, saved my life. And by that, I mean my partner would say to me, "Oh, Yo, you want to listen to these podcasts?" And I was like, "I'm not listening to podcasts. I'm too busy." You know, I'm busy yeah. being busy. But actually, I started, and I, I heard some some. Funny enough, for a podcast from a guy who actually I'm now friends with. I mean, five or six years later, and hopefully he'll be coming on my podcast soon. But I then kind of found personal development. That led me on a road to say going on Tony Robbins events. And it was around that time that I was being offered redundancy and had the opportunity to go to other companies to take up other positions, but decided, you know, I've had enough of this and Mm. walked away. And it was at that time that obviously it's all very well walking away, but guess what? You've got to actually do something. And I, through the personal development, I'd, I'd started reading about life coaching and I went on a, on a short kind of weekend taster course and for once, for probably years, I'd actually paid attention and thought, this, is, this sounds something that I think I could be good at. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a good people person. I'm a good communicator. If I can mm. understand more about the technicalities of helping someone. Um, yeah. So it certainly wasn't easy. And I get frustrated when nowadays people... Because life coaching isn't really a regulated, you know, like an electrician, you have to have official certificates. You can't just just be a doctor. The problem now is, of course, I spent uh, over a year at the coaching academy, which is the biggest kind of learning um, space for coaching in the UK or one of the biggest. And they make you not only do weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of coursework, but they also make you do over 30 um, life coaching sessions and all, in fact, and going back to all on telephone. So, guess what? You yeah. really have to have your wits about you. But here's the interesting: they also listen into them. Yeah. So you can't make this this stuff up. And if they don't think you're good enough, they will say that doesn't count. Go away. Practice more. Come back when you're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. there's online courses now. Um, now you could look at it two ways the life coaching for some people, they have great life experience and, and honestly they could just, they don't need a certificate, but the yeah, frustration yeah. is when people just say I've done a weekend's course and now I'm a life coach and that's a guru. where it can, <laughs> that's right. It can give life coaches a bad name because then people yeah. will be like, well, this person's just, you know, I don't know, making up as they go along.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're the real deal, which is good. Okay. I'm glad I got somebody who's the real deal on my podcast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which I, I I think, you know, just what you mentioned there, you, you change careers and you obviously control alt deleted your life. Uh, I did that three years ago. I, I tell, I told people, I tell people I had soul cancer three years ago and I was like, I fucking hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I would rather go, I could yep. work in McDonald's and I'd I'd be much happier. Uh, mm-hmm. So I left and I started over again, which was really cool. But what, what advice would you give to people? Let's give a, maybe you can give them a mini coaching session because obviously mm-hmm. I think a lot of people right now are scared. They are confused. Maybe some people have lost their job, which is a, not a very nice place to be. How, what would you yeah. say to those people who are now looking at quite a substantial life change? How, how would you coach them to manage this process or get through this
1: process? Good question. And I think there's, there's so many points there. And it, it, again, it always comes back to d- it depends on that person's situation. But let's just pick two people. Let's say there's two brothers and one is in a city job like I was, who's got some pretty decent savings Yep. then of course you can say fuck this i'm off i'm going to do whatever i want to do and you've got that buffer um yep. that if you earn nothing or very little for a while so what and you can build yep. that risk in if you're yep. his brother who perhaps you know had a, had a different job which means you're on a much lower salary and you're you have zero savings then the examples of like burning your bridges, you know, telling your boss to shove it and leaving straight away, I think is a is a very, very risky. It's not to say it's wrong because every everybody's different, but it's a very risky play because guess what? Mortgages have to be paid if you've got a yeah. mortgage. And, you know, if you've got kids or yourself, you, you, you can't pay your bills with. Oh, well, I'm, I'm starting something new. Yeah. So the, the first part for me is planning. Now, now the first part of that, I mean, this is where you'd strip something back in a life coaching session, which I always love is saying, okay, well, the first thing is what do you actually want to do? Yeah. Because a lot of people either don't know what they want to do, which is fine because you can work that one out or they think they know what they want to do, but honestly, they don't know what it's like to live that life. Yeah. And, And that can be the big mistake is, I know there's a saying like, you know, make sure you're climbing the ladder on the career that you're, you know, on the wall that you're of, of the right career. Uh, I've, I've demolished the saying, but the point is, you know, <laughs> make, make sure you're actually working towards a career that you want as opposed to one you don't. And understanding that this new shiny career you've got, what are the, what are the bad things about it? I mean, you probably know for most people, what are the good things? I mean, let's say for a footballer. I'd love to have been a footballer. And of course, for a lot of people, you think, yeah, that'd be great. But you forget, unless you reach the higher echelons of Premier League football, you're a fairly normal guy doing training and having injuries. And you expect to be playing and you can't go out drinking and no partying. And suddenly you think, oh, hold on a minute. This isn't quite what I I was thinking it was. So it's about, for me, saying to someone, who do you know that's doing the job you want or has got the life you want? Go away and ask them not just the good, what's the bad thing? What do you hate about your job? And if you're okay with those things, now, we may be, now, now maybe we've got something that you think you could, you know, start kind of going down that path towards. Yeah. So really, but, yeah, I mean, as, as you said, well, as we said, it's, it always depends. And I think, sadly, a lot of it comes down to money. Now, what I would say is, if you've got, if, if you're about to be made redundant or you've lost your job, then you haven't got the chance to say, "Oh well, I'm going to build up six months' salary before I leave." You know, it, pre-COVID, that was that would be one of the bits of advice. Is and you know, if you're saying you hate your job and you can't go into work tomorrow, great, just leave because you're in. It's not putting you in a positive, you know, frame of mind to be able to be in there. But if you can say, Do "You know what? I don't like my job, but I'm going to stick at it for six months. So I'm going to scale back on my expenses, work out exactly what my expenditure is." and then build up a nest egg of six months or three months salary with a possible uh, look at whether you could be made redundant, which is always an extra bonus. Then that buys you a buffer. So it's again, it, it always comes down to what is your personal situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what if somebody has no savings, has no idea, has no money. And what, what, what would you say to somebody like that? Like, it, it, you know, they're, they're in a, they're in sh- up shit Creek with no paddle.
1: Yeah. Um, there's various terms, um, for that. And what some people would think was that they're completely fucked, but actually I, I've had this conversation, not, not, it wasn't around COVID. It was just, um, at the end of last year with someone who, how I can put it, had left the job, wanted to pursue a career, but, I know, it's tough. It was tough in the way he was doing it. And he said, what do you think I should do? And I said, the first thing you need to do is go and get a job that brings some money in. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you don't like it or not, go and get some kind of job to start bringing some money in. Because it's a lot yeah. easier to take the pressure off you. And if you can just get, and if you go and work in a supermarket, You know, there's there's going to be zero pressure on you at that supermarket or doing something like that, but at least if that pays your bills, you know that that that, sadly that's the most important thing to start with, because very quickly you you know you're going to go down a slippery slope, so it would be, you know, swallow your pride. I'm trying to remember. There was one of the guys that's very high up in MMA, but he said when he was trying to start his business, he was he was cleaning you know, local gyms, I think the toilets for extra money. And he said, you realize you have to leave your uh, something, like, you know, leave your pride at the door when you're trying to build mm. the life that you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And people who were looking to get into coaching, let's say some, one of those, some of these people are like you, they've been made redundant or they are, they've, they've got a buffer and they're like, you know, fuck it. I've actually wanted yep. to become a coach. Now's the time. I've been given, I've been kicked or pushed off the boat or made to walk the plank. But yeah, okay, I want to be a coach. What, what, what would you say to them? All right.
1: Uh, I'll say something mildly controversial here, which is don't bother because there's so many people out there doing it now that it's a saturated market. But what I mean by that is there's so many people that I don't think are doing it well. With coaching, yep. what people foolishly think, and, and I did this to start with as well, is right, once I've got my. My skills and my certificates, which no one gives a shit about the certificate anyway. Um, You know, no one's ever got into a hairdresser's and said, "Oh, can you just show me your certificates that you can cut hair?" (laughs) You know, it just it doesn't happen. Um, But what that means is that you it's it's tough because the biggest thing I think for most coaches they don't realise that it's getting clients that's the difficult bit. The coaching is the easy bit, Mm. and by that I mean a lot of nearly everybody, how could I put it? It's not about whether they need coaching it's whether they want coaching. Everybody needs coaching and the best people in the world have coaches, probably more than one, you know, T- Tony Robbins would have, uh, you know, maybe a business coach and a, and a lifestyle coach and a, this coach and a, that, and a voice coach and what have you coach. So that's all good. Mm. People can't mm. often see the value in having a coach. So by that, I mean, you know, I've spoken to a lady who is lovely, who was charging like, 40 pounds for a life coaching session now that's great if you've got loads of money and you're like hey it's just pocket money but you try and make a living on that and when I would say you're not charging nearly enough you need to at least you know treble it just to start with and she said well I feel you know I'm not sure about it and I said listen if you're if you're going in to help someone you're changing their life you can't even put a price on that yeah. If you go into a hairdresser's, you'd pay three times that to get your hair cut in the UK as as a woman having her hair coloured and styled. And all yeah, they're doing sure. is cutting your hair and you walk out the door. That's not life changing. No. So one of the big things as a coach, firstly, is getting the right how could I put it the right foundation of the understanding that you as a person may again, some people wouldn't, but may find that once you're qualified it's like, yeah, great, here we go. And then then there's no one knocking at your door the one of the best things I did was a take the course cause they helped you with the marketing side of it. And, and there's a lot to that, but also there's a lot of books out there, but one that I read, um, which is called the prosperous coach, mm. which is, um, Steve Chandler and I think he's rich litvin and I might've got those two names wrong, but yeah. anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there, but that was a great book, uh, in understanding, some of the nuances of what it's like to be not just a coach, but actually be a successful coach. And, yeah. and the interesting thing was about being okay, asking for a lot of money. Yes. Because a lot of people yeah. are embarrassed. I mean, even in the city you'd have some people and in and all businesses, some people are just crap at, and embarrassed to, to kind of, you know, close a deal with money. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah, you exactly. and I were talking about coaching and you said, uh, okay i want to see you I mean, i'm going to making this up you know i want to see you for a whole year uh once a month and i said uh okay great you know let's get the get the doc sorted out it's 12000 pound for the year you might say what that's a lot of money and i say okay well don't worry then you know i'm i'm not here to barter you, you don't go into any, you know you don't go into have your hair cut or you know, trying to think of a better example but say Hi, yeah, how much is it so <laughs> yeah. it's being okay and you're better off having a higher price if you're good at what you do. I mean, if you're crap, then you know maybe you start low because you want to get your your experience up. But you know, once you're established and you know what you're doing, when isn't it better to have a yeah. few coaching clients and earn good money than trying to kind of burn yourself out having like various meetings a day? And I'll say that because it's quite draining. Yeah, yeah, coach, yeah. Coaching, you know, as I'm, I'm sure. sure it is for. A th- as it sure is for a therapist, if, if someone's just dumping all their crap on you all day, then it's just going to, it's like going to be a mood hoover, isn't it? Uh, it's going to, it's going to, no, no, sure. you know, so life coaching sometimes if it's two hours, which usually mine are, because I don't think an hour's necessary. It's not about the timing. It's about the results, but generally two hours means that you can have a good conversation, not be clock watching. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's the other, that, it's like you with voice coaching. If you're like, I've got 20 minutes or an hour, it doesn't have to be an hour, but if you can just kind of relax a bit more and, and maybe build up more rapport with them, that's where the value comes in.
0: No, sure, sure. Speaking of time, I know that you said you had limited time because uh, uh, you've got two young kids and, I, and I, feel, I feel for you. Before you go, what would you say to people to cure their isolation blues or their connection blues? One, one ninja tip there. For I've got connection. two. Okay, the, give me two. The first then, one is a simple is a one.
1: It's a two-part story. The first it's one a is two-part,
0: a, <laughs> okay, it's you go, a two-part. Go for isolation. Got
1: a two-part <laughs> yeah. the, the firstly is about uh, the magic of comedy, and I, you know, I I get frustrated when people are watching the news all day because it is depressing, and you know, we can in this country sit and watch a quick update every five minutes of how many people have died across the world. Well, thank you for that. That's really going to help me in a, in a positive state. So you don't blame the news for that. Just switch it off. But do you know what? We know that, you know, comedy and laughter is a, is a, is a drug and it's a free one. So sit down and pick three of your favorite comedies and sit down and watch them. There's a free, quick one on top of that for the isolation, Make a list of not just the people that you're listening to, but maybe make a, a list of a couple of friends that you haven't spoken to for years and reach out to them and say, hey, would you like to grab a Zoom, uh, you know, and a coffee and just sit and chat? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. free. It's easy to do. It's quick. And afterwards, you'll probably be like, God, I feel, I feel good about that. And it's, it's not trying to do something too technical.
0: Yeah, I'd like to add to that for people that are listening to this. Uh, have a virtual beer, have a virtual yeah, you know, pub pub crawl or do some be creative about it and say, Okay, I've got these six friends all over the world. Let's they've never met each other, let's just do a Zoom call together and we can just talk shit for half an hour. I did that and I got very drunk <laughs> uh about three weeks ago. That's one way to do it. Uh, there's pub quizzes. You can organize a pub quiz with your mates on zoom and, and there's free information about how to do that on the, on the interweb. So, you know, you've got use, use this technology, uh, you know, this virtual technology. I mean, my show is called how to Rock virtual engagements, but it does give you things that face-to-face doesn't now, cause you've got you've got these virtual platforms, you can do a poll, you can do a, you can, people can type in their answers.
1: So, you know, use it, use it. Well, uh, I'll tell you what is, that's a really good point because you know, people, uh, people have often thought of, let's say a zoom call as it has to be a, I'm on from three till four with you. Now we've looked, flicked this two ways. One is of a night now when, when our kids are having like a bath or we're having dinner, we'll just put on a zoom call. And that person hasn't got to be there facing the screen. They can be cooking and doing whatever, but you can just kind of keep in touch with each other. The the other thing that we've literally only the last three weeks done, we're always trying to, you know, you've got to adapt as we all have at the moment with the whole man Academy is we said, okay, our live events, we've held 12 or 13 of them in London over over the last year and a half have obviously been put on ice. So I said, right, well, actually, this is a great opportunity. Let's do a zoom call and get on, you know, some guys—not to just sit and chat together, but let's have some fun by teaching them something. So yep. last Thursday, we got—I um, don't know if you've heard of the I mean, they're, they're world famous, but the chefs Heston Blumenthal and Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the guys who is is helping us with the Holman Academy, he's worked at both of their restaurants. He's actually managed yep. to get sacked from both of them, but that's another story. <laughs> so, uh, for, for example, on Tuesday, on Thursday night, we're doing it regularly on a Thursday night in in the UK or anywhere across the world, but where like last Thursday, he said, you know what? I'm going to tell you all the ingredients you need, if you can get them beforehand. And I'm going to tell you how to cook a world-class steak and cook it on zoom right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's, uh, you know, it it's, was, it's, it was something different that it was no pressure on people. They could come and go as they please. And it was something that, um, you know, some people made some new connections, which is what the hmm. whole man Academy is trying to do and of course from that we've now got a guy next week that is going to do a 20 minute tutorial or half an hour about how to change your state you know if you're having a shit day and yeah. the week after that we've got an expert on sleep who's going to talk just for 20 minutes about you know what what hacks you can do to have a better night's sleep but we'd have never done any of that if if covid hadn't happened
0: yeah yeah do you ever need some vocal coaching i'm here
1: yeah, yeah. do you know it's- what i mean that's the thing even as you're saying that then having as opposed to having to let's say for you commit if you were even living, living in London you'd have to commit to a night or a day yeah. come to an event or that, just to be like yeah, yeah, right that yeah. my mate you know is in wherever and wherever wherever in the world he's going to jump on and talk about you know voice coaching for 20 minutes if 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 one week people aren't interested in it someone will be and the next week we might have a sports guy or etc so it's the virtual engagements has exploded, but it's Mm. also given us, given us some great opportunities to connect with people across the world.
0: And here's one for you, you know, for your sessions with your people, if you're going to do them virtually, polling is a wonderful tool that you can use. So you could say to people, guys, how are you feeling out of 10? Give me, give me some answers. And some guys will go two, three, five. You can make it anonymous or you could see who's actually a two and who's a nine. Mm -hmm. And, if you ask the right questions and you use technology to get the, give you the answers, you can get an insight quickly, easily across a large audience that you might not have been able to do in a face-to-face session or people. And also people are a lot braver sometimes in a virtual session. They can go, they can just type on their keyboard and go, there's my answer done. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they open up. So my, my, you know the training that i'm giving people around this as well is is use the if you understand the platform it can work for you it can give you things that face-to-face can't
1: yeah no it's a that's a really good point actually it's it's little even with that it's little tips that when people listen to podcasts like yours or our whole man academy one they might listen to 40 minutes or my one yesterday was two at nearly two hours But if they listen to it and they go away with one or two little golden nuggets or ideas, it's been worth it. We're not expecting them to kind of write notes on the whole time. But if they're like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to try that one. It's then it's, it's time well spent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we're, we're at the end of your time limit, Anthony. I want to thank you very much for being such a gracious guest and giving us your, pearls of wisdom and I think you know people like you are really needed uh, in this time and I'm sure that you you know are doing good work and will continue to do good work for for men for men's health and also in your coaching business so thanks very much for for being on my show
1: absolute pleasure uh, if anybody wants to get hold of us we are um, www.holmanacademy.com. And uh, yeah, it's been great to, uh, great to talk to you and great to uh, hopefully put a few pearls of wisdom down for people listening.
0: <laughs> Thanks a lot, Anthony.
1: All right, thank you, mate. Cheers. Cheers.